WWF Light Heavyweight Champion Gilbert, brother, and you're listening to the Greetings Guild Podcast. Three, two, one. Yay, we've all got the clap. Yay! <laughs> Never gets old. <laughs> I always think of the um, the ECW tag team whenever we do the clap. Does anyone remember who those assholes were called? No. Because they were like, they were, okay, if they were B-card, if they were B-card, it's because they knew somebody. But I think they were like a flat C. So they came over public to ECW. Enemy? No, it wasn't Public Enemy. <laughs> no, no, it was, it was um, American Males, I think. Well, that these- was, that was Bagwell and someone else. So I don't think it was them. Okay, it wasn't, it wasn't maybe, Bagwell. Maybe High Voltage? Could have been high voltage. All I remember is that it was terrible. (laughs) It was it was two guys that looked like a wrestling tag team. Like like if there was a if there was a factory somewhere out there that created the stock human being the like from a from a pro wrestler mold. They had like greasy long black hair done in a top knot samurai ponytail, and they just wore trunks to the ring, and that was pretty much it. So when ECW picked them up, they used their uh, them being you know recent rejects from WCW as their gimmick. So they were the crowd pleasers, but it was like an antiquated idea of a crowd pleaser. So they would come out and they would do this. <laughs> and Joey Styles would scream into the mic, they're giving us the clap <laughs> because that was the whole gimmick. <laughs> and then, of course, Gertner would say something like, oh, I've, it, this doesn't affect me because I have the clap three times over or something like that. Holy shit. It was... Okay, hold on. We're, we're figuring up? this out. Yeah, goddamn right I am. Uh, <laughs> yes! <laughs> all right, so my, my Google search was ECW The Clap, uh-huh. which is a dangerous search to put in, um, <laughs> considering the people that have worked there. And uh, Google but Image. you were right. It was it was one of the American males. It was Scotty Riggs. That's Yes, that was the one. That was one of them. Who was the other guy, though? Uh, I don't know, but this dude is like the most generic looking guy ever. Like I said, yeah, like he was just, he was just minted to be in pro wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like there was nothing else he could do. Pro- possibly bounce at a strip club. Maybe. <laughs> Apparently he only, he only wrestled as a singles wrestler. Uh-huh. And he got into a feud with RVD because everyone did. Right. Yeah. He was, he was pretty much the mark machine, putting everybody over. And his finisher was a scorpion deathlock or sharpshooter, and he called it the clapper. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> uh, of course he did. <laughs> Just want it's, everyone to remember that yeah. we all think Paul Heyman is a creative genius. <laughs> okay? Dude, okay, let me, well, consider this. No. no, no. Huh? No, no, no. no. I'm going to say, <laughs> consider this. It is, when did ECW shut down? 2000. Yep. 2000, okay. Now, this is quite a bit uh, quite a bit a while ago. Our breadth of chronological distance between then and now is significant. You'd have to agree, okay? Now, this was a flat-ass mid-carter. Maybe he was on TV for three weeks. But I fucking remember the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> That's a valid now, point. You, you two might not have seen him, which would, which would explain your lapse in memory. But I looked at this dude and I'm like, that is one shit ass liquid D running down the leg after too many <laughs> s'mores at camp fucking 
gimmick. That is the weakest goddamn sauce. But meanwhile, the ghost of Paul Heyman's janky-ass ideas is sitting behind me going, But you remembered, motherfucker, don't you? <laughs> and on that note, everybody, welcome to episode 72 of the, the Cretans Guild podcast. Hey. Oh, that's, a, that's uh, our lead-in. Cool. I yeah. like it. <laughs> All right, good. Oh, we, are, we are officially uh, back from holiday exile. We have been... Uh, we have been marked as the misfits of the Island of Misfit Toys and have been kicked out uh, because no one likes a Charlie in the ass. Um, <laughs> that's how it goes, right? That's that's the, uh, that's the hey, Bob, this is why you should probably not have this on the theme park reviews, by the way, because that's 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 not going to go over well. Um, so Mommy, tonight, what's a Charlie in the ass? Oh, my God. <laughs> Switch it to PewDiePie. We need something clean and wholesome in this house right now. Hello, I am PewDiePie and I like the Nazis. Yes. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, we're back. Uh, you miss us? Uh, the shit. only the only shameful thing about this is that no one's going to see me do the Hitler mustache with my fingers there. It's because this is all audio. <laughs> it's implied. So I think uh, when last you heard from us, we were busy uh, shooting the shit about foreskins um, <laughs> and uh, and talking about uh, life back in Victorian England. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, ghosts and, and fresca. Yeah, ghosts and fresca. Yeah. Which, doing, uh, doing things to Dickens that uh, probably <laughs> would make the Conan Doyle estate go, whew. <laughs> Thank God they didn't look at us this year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but tonight we wanted to talk about just, you know, kind of what we've been up to, because it has been just about two months, uh, a <laughs> little bit, probably about a month and a half since last you heard from we us. We usually take all of January off. Yeah, Jan- January is usually rough. All of our creative juices just completely get drained for the Christmas episode. Yeah, it, I will say, uh, as I, I, was, I was fully prepared for uh, the Christmas episode to be an absolute fucking train wreck mm-hmm. uh, because of how many people were on it. And true to form, it was. Yes, but it was the most most well oiled machine of a train wreck I've ever seen in my <laughs> oh. life, uh, and uh, that is all because of uh, Bob right there because yep. we had a director that was running the fucking show. Yeah, uh, and you need to take a fucking lap and a bow on that, Bob, because you held that together and it was yeah. awesome. I'm nuclear too fat to be taking nuclear laps. fucking executive producing Whoa. powers just, at play. Just, yeah. I'll take another lap around Epcot. How about that? <laughs> That's fine. Hey, trip thirty seven to Epcot this week. Nice. <laughs> And, and to belabor a metaphor, it might have been a lemon, but it was like one of the juiciest fucking lemons on the tree. Yeah, it was. Yes, it was. It was you, you did great. You really did, dude. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to next year or this year. Shit, it's 2020 now. This year's uh, Christmas yes. special. Uh, and, and, and I've got to point out that yeah, I, I'm getting a lot of praise for the editing. Somebody needs a lot of goddamn praise for this for his work in that, and that was goddamn Corey. Yep. What did I do? Well, you're Scrooge. <laughs> you carried the entire episode. You did. Hmm. I mean, I could see you physically <laughs> wearing out towards the end, but you were still pushing and chugging along and making it good. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was that was exhausting. 
a little bit. I I don't know. It started. I think the stride uh, began to be. It got a little bit easier to take towards the end because uh, I eventually got to where I wanted to be with that voice rather than just like ghetto ass Watto or whatever <laughs> shit ass overcorrection that I had for the ghetto ass Watto that took place in the middle of the production was. But like that last third, I was really fucking. I mean, I was enjoying myself throughout the entire thing anyway. But the last third of it, it was like shit. I just met this guy. I can't let go now. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going to try to like squeeze him into the next production somewhere. No, no matter what it is. I really, I really enjoyed uh, the, the production this year. I I loved Mm -hmm. having everyone on from the, uh, from the, the group that we've, we've kind of the, the tribe that we've assembled of of fellow podcasters. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it was really fun. It was, it was really nice. Um, And, and I know there's some other stuff in the works. Uh, I don't want to tip the hat too much there, Bob, but I know you've got some, some other show stuff in the works that isn't Christmas related. That's now, kind of exciting. I had uh, Keith Galwa, who was the voice of uh, Christmas present slash Yoda. <laughs> about less than a week ago today, uh, came up to me and said, hey, I'm working on this project. You want to help me out? And I think within 48 hours, we had backstory. We had characters. We had all kinds of things lined up. So now we're just we're assembling the parts. And when this is done... Uh, it's going to be as good, if not better, than the Christmas episode, and it's going to be weekly. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I, I am. I, I've been happy to to add the, the the paltry amount of stuff I have to the to the Google Drive. I just didn't have a chance to look at it today. Um, uh, as kind of a, a punch up writer, like the guy that comes in and adds, like, "Hey, there's a zinger for you, kid. Let's do that <laughs> one." Um, I got a couple of notes for you, chaps. But I'm I'm really looking forward to acting in that show because I think there is uh, just an absolute fucking well of potential uh, that that is going to be with this idea, and it, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. Is is that a baby Yoda behind you? Behind me? <laughs> yeah. Up here? Yeah. Holy yeah. Shit. That, that's baby oh. Yoda. Damn it! They well, they got on the ball with that, didn't they? Oh no, they did not. They uh, did my not. Fr- no. My fr- my friend's daughter crocheted that for me. Oh, that was handmade. No shit. Oh, was yeah. that the Etsy shop you teased a little yes. bit ago? The Etsy shop that was promptly shut down by Disney. <laughs> You're kidding! Oh man! Nope. nope. She got a C and D almost immediately. Oh. Um, so she's still doing orders. She's just doing it through Facebook now. So if anyone yeah. wants one, let me know, and I can get you in touch with Haley. But on the DL uh, <laughs> in an alley yeah. behind Thunder Mountain. <laughs> Take a photo of that Jay and send it to me. I'll put it on our Instagram. Yeah, we'll do definitely. That's definitely. pretty great. Yes. Yeah, he's use, he's pretty awesome. Use our highly influential presence to uh, <laughs> to elevate this person's business. That's so cool. Yeah, I remember that. Um, it hurts. I don't know if it was you that told me or whatever, but like uh, Disney apparently. Um, yeah, when, as soon as I came out of my mouth, I was like, "You're wrong, dude. You're wrong saying it." Even, um, but uh, people were like clamoring for fucking Baby Yoda merchandise based off of The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. How did nobody at Disney not see that coming? They probably did, but didn't want to spoil it because some of these things take months of production. Ugh. And yeah, they didn't if, want it getting out there. If they had if they had put a bunch of uh, stuff of Baby Yoda into production, there would have been leaks already. And that would have spoiled like the entire premise of the first season. So Perhaps. Yeah, well, it would have spoiled the first episode at least. But then again... Legos Marvel stuff. That's Legos. They, they're notorious <laughs> for spoiling shit. Oh, who's this? The Vision? Oh. That, that's, they, they definitely spoil stuff with, with Marvel. I mean, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But, like, I, I don't know. I kind of I respect them for being like, you know what? Let's take the financial hit for the sake of the story. 
You know, that's mm-hmm. that's that's a John Favreau and Dave Filoni decision right there. Yeah, I was wondering that's, if they were solely behind all that. Yeah. Okay. So 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 you think that mm, so you think that they did this willingly and that they weren't just kind of like see I thought they would have been at least like the production was already in the can everything was set to celluloid and it was ready to go they wouldn't have been sitting on like um um on like a uh, uh, backstock merch for like at least a month or two until they saw how the show uh, was uh, was received it would have leaked. Yeah. It would have been it would have been out there months ahead of time. I mean, it's Disney, so you know it'd be made in China. And yeah, it would be, what is this? <laughs> right, and, and you, you know, like look, just looking at you know the history with Filoni. Filoni is the guy that brought Darth, Darth Maul back, mm-hmm. and there was no merchandise teased for Darth Maul's return before he came back. Okay, in, in either Rebels or Clone Wars, uh, when they first started teasing stuff for Rebels, you didn't know that Ezra was going to be a Jedi. You didn't know Kanan was a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So it's. This is all stuff that they're ma- their sacrifices that they're making for the sake of the story. Now, let's point out the fact that they will merchandise the fuck out of that little character from here on out. Yeah, um, probably right. <laughs> I mean, I'm guilty probably. of it. I bought Baby Yoda socks for God's sake. Probably. <laughs> well, now there's uh, there's a way to get Yoda to at least smell like he's been living in Dagobah for <laughs> fifty fifty years. I guess fifty. Uh, how much I have only seen up to two episodes of this so far because I watched them over at Bob's house. How how, how much behind the physiology of uh, the Yoda race have they have they given it a proper name yet? No, he's Zero. still the child. He's still the child. Okay, that's a better yes. name than just Baby Yoda because yes, Yoda must be like really uh, feeling uh, having an identity crisis out of all <laughs> out of this whole thing. He's like, My child, that is not Sterilium. <laughs> yeah. Yoda, definitely not me. <laughs> No, so he's he, depending depending on if it's uh, Imperial side or the 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 Mandalorian side, it's either mm-hmm. the child or the asset. The so, asset, uh, yeah. yeah. And if you're an asset, you're able to get punched. Yeah. Yes. What a bummer! <laughs> Shit punched out of you. Um, so they haven't given him a name yet. Uh, they only did what eight episodes in the first season. Yeah. Um, but they're already in production on season two. So. Excellent. So, yeah. uh, without giving anything away, it's wrapped up all nice and tight for the first, or they leave it nice and open-ended for the second one? Oh, wide the fuck open. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Good. <laughs> now, there's. I will say, there is some stuff that happens in the last episode of the mm-hmm. first season that, if people have not watched Rebels, will go, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Um, but, having now watched Rebels, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and having watched Clone Wars to see the, the thing I'm talking about being introduced... Mm-hmm. Uh, when it shows up, I was like, "Oh shit, that's not good." <laughs> so, yeah, there were two big "oh shit" moments in that entire series. One at the very beginning and one at the very end. Yep. Good. You know, it's it's that's that's a positive, right? Being bookended by "oh shits." Yep. <laughs> and, and, and everything <laughs> yeah. in the middle was pretty good. Yep. Uh, m- minus minus the Mandalorian forgetting how to Mandalore, uh, uh, Mandalorianize against the the fucking uh, mud tusk thing. Oh, the thing at the beginning? And not remembering that he has, you know, infravision in his helmet. Yeah, that still bugs me, dude. Because he uses that <laughs> in the next six episodes. Like, yeah. it's, like, it's like, oh no, I can totally see there's eight guys in there. Why didn't you check the cave? <laughs> that was just so weird. I mean, Bob, like, when I first saw it, that, like, bugged the living hell out of me. Until I stopped thinking about it, because, you know, real life happens and sure. you begin you begin witching. Anyway, that's for later. Um, <laughs> but there was, like... 
he's he was cemented as like this incredibly uh, like combat flexible badass in the first not even five minutes of the episode, and then he goes toe to toe with this like big fat land sea lion thing, whatever. Like it was a giant walking tadpole, and I was like, okay, even if he's even if he's not used to dealing with like the elements of the wild. He had his gun out. You'd assume that the safety would be off and he would be trained on something, or at least scanning for something, because if he couldn't see that thing out of the corner of his helmet, his situational awareness is piss-fucking-poor. And that's not, the, that's not the guy that we saw at the beginning of the episode. But then... Well, okay, so, mm. to be fair, at the beginning of that episode, mm-hmm. the dude got his ass kicked by some Jawas. That was, that was episode two, wasn't it? Yes. Episode okay. two, he got his ass kicked by Jawas. Okay. Which was All the right. same episode he fought the Mudhorn and got his ass kicked there. Here, here's here's the only thing I will say to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because before this, he does not use the scanner in his helmet. Okay. And, and what I think is implied but not stated, but what should have been stated and not implied, mm-hmm. is that the shit he was wearing was not Mandalorian armor. It was styled Mandalorian, but it was mm-hmm. not actual Beskar steel. It wasn't the good shit. Uh, oh. Because you mean the dude, helmet? The helmet... The chest plate, all of it. Oh no! Think about I don't think anything below the neck was uh, best car at all. I don't think the helmet point. was either. <laughs> you call yourself a Mandalorian. Nothing below that neck is best car steel. <laughs> <laughs> you a half Mandalorian. You ain't even a Mandalorian. Shit! Get your ass out of this by when so no half ass. You call yourself a Mandalorian. Get your ass back to Tatooine. Fucking. Tin boy, whatever. He, he does that wow. in episode four. <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Yeah, he goes to Tatooine, no shit. Yeah, he does. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah. it's not a great episode. No, it was probably the weakest episode of the series. You uh, gotta keep it, it to was... that whole dust bowl uh, patina throughout the entire thing. Uh, uh, but the Gina Carano episodes are great. She's yes. fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. Those are the ones um, I hadn't seen yet. Well, that's, yeah. So Bob and I have been watching The Mandalorian uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple of months. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let's see some other shit we've been doing. Uh, it's been, Corey, it's, Corey, have you been watching anything? Uh, watching. Um, oh shit. Yeah, I have. Um, uh, so while over here, it has not been raining Mandalorian. Um, I have <laughs> been watching. <laughs> I've been ODing well, on. Well played. Thank you. Well played, clucks. I've been, uh, ODing on cartoons like fucking crazy. Um, but I'm trying to remember if there's anything like since we did this if there's like been any live action stuff because i know uh, uh the witcher has been a big deal uh because people at work could shut the fuck up about it which is fine because that that forced my hand to finally play the third game um but uh i started watching transformers animated it's been weird i'm binging on like mid aughts cartoons right now and uh transformers is squarely like 2007 to 2009 it's been pretty good little which version was that that was that was the one that came out around the, the time. Prime, of, right? It's not Prime, which I've also heard is really good. So I got to get on the ball with that too. Prime is damn good. Yeah, um, it's been pretty funny so far. Uh, like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it up against like Batman the Brave and the Bold or something, but it's been, it's been pretty damn enjoyable. Um, and a lot of, and I, I could pinpoint a couple of the episodes that were animated by TMS. So like that's all. That's always a fun little jolt. Um, I've been watching that. I've been watching. Um, Symbiotic Titan, uh, which I've only seen one episode of because it was one of those things where I was like, no, I refuse to watch this until somebody officially supports it. And voila, eight years later, it's on Netflix. 
go me. Um, <laughs> and then I started watching uh, Scooby Doo, Mystery Incorporated, which I have been binging religiously uh, for like the last two weeks. That is so much better than I than I wanted than I want it to be than I wanted it to be initially. I thought it was going to be like passable, but then some people were like, I was catching a couple of like clips people would put on uh, social media and such, and I'm like. Bringing back Frank Welker, like, 30 years after the fact to reprise not just the role of Fred Jones, but pretty much anybody else that they can come up with that sounds even remotely <laughs> like him, including a couple of monsters who obviously have a little bit of the <coughs> star screamium. Um, <laughs> that's pretty fucking cool. I'm not aware of this alloy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> It's a, it's a, it's both an alloy and a uh, and an ailment. It uh, causes you to <laughs> wheeze and uh, yell everything that you're saying. Um, so I wanted to start. I wanted to start watching that. The first episode impressed the living shit out of me because uh, they're doing the whole postmodern thing that Batman the Brave and the Bold does, just with a little bit less investment. Because one of the things that's apparent to you immediately from Go is that each one of those teenagers is. A shithead. <laughs> like, they can't be loathsome, you know, because nobody will watch the show. But, um, like, Shaggy is, uh, is a self-absorbed um, uh, hedonist. Uh, Thelma has, like, an ego the size of a chain of, uh, like, a convoy. Uh, Freddy is, but he has, uh, he has several key obsessions that his character constantly gravitates towards in any one episode. And like, by the time you're, you're in the fifth, you're in the fifth episode, he's like, Oh my God, we stopped talking about that one particular thing. But then <laughs> it becomes like a part of another person's character. And that's Daphne who you begin to like shake your head at a bunch because she has a one track fucking mind. And it is to be uh, Fred's doormat. And it's like, Oh my God, you people are just assholes. Why? <laughs> what kind of a, what kind of, okay, I get it. This is the DCEU people. Okay, these are the ones that made Justice League Unlimited. So there's a lot of character depth here, uh, uh, disregarding the fact that, like, disregarding the fact, completely taking into account, excuse me, the fact that, like, a well-realized character includes very deep flaws. So that was a bit of a surprise, okay? Um, after that, uh, they uh, introduced, like, an overarching, uh, uh, overarching storyline having to do with where they live, uh, getting into uh, the stories about their parents and stuff. Uh, the voice cast beyond Frank Walker's fucking great. Uh, Louis Black is in it. <laughs> Patrick Warburton plays the sheriff of Crystal Cove. Um, who the hell else have we got uh, sitting around in here? Um, da 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 I know Gray Delisle does the voice of Daphne, but she's like one of those perennial VOs that will never give up that side of a career. Um, it's 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 been a, it's been a fucking fun ride, and it's been quotable as hell too. It's definitely one of those things that would be worth immersing yourself in for a little while. But that's as far as like TV goes for me. I think where's where's that streaming? That is on Netflix right now. Yeah, is it okay? Uh-huh. Uh huh. That is Symbiotic Titan. Uh, Transformers. I had to get you know under the table, but I can link y'all to that if you're that curious about where to find it. The next, the next cartoon you got to put on there is the uh, the Nickelodeon uh, Ninja Turtles series from a couple years ago. Uh, was that the three D one? Yeah, it was the three D one where uh, yep. Robert Forrester played Kolchak. Yes. Okay, it's it's done. It's done. Okay, that was a good show. <laughs> yes, <laughs> cool. Uh, Bob, you have I know you've been watching quite a bit of stuff. <laughs> yeah, surprisingly, I have time to watch stuff. Put it in my veins. <laughs> So what, what what stuff have you been watching that you've enjoyed particularly? Uh, let's see. I 
right before our break, I finished up uh, Dark Crystal on Netflix, which, yeah. <laughs> I, for- I honestly forgot that was a thing. Oh, uh, don't forget it for too long, because if you like the movie, you will love this series. It is okay. chock full of lore. Okay, cool. Now, I'm not talking about rock monsters. You'll get it when you watch the show. <laughs> Did somebody say rock monster? Rock monster. Nice. That's uh that's the skexis that keeps the whole nest together. <laughs> he is the glue that binds them all. Hey, oh yeah, and before I forget, I really without a doubt, I want that to become another uh house at ha- Halloween Horror Nights. A Dark Crystal house. Dark Crystal? Do they have the rights for that? I don't know, but they could probably get it. Oh, it's Jim Henson, so it'd be Disney. Nope. No? Disney only owns the Muppets, not Jim Henson. Oh! Yeah. Oh, I did not know about this. I had to research it, but yes. Oh, fuck me. That's the, Yeah, that's an interesting piece of uh, IP trivia. How did this come about? Because I thought they owned Henson Studios, like everything. No? Uh, they they made a pitch to buy all of Jim Henson Productions before he died, but then he mm-hmm. did, and then I guess his kids are like, no, nah, nah, we'll give you the Muppets. Everything yeah. else we're keeping. How about that? Maybe somebody like uh, hmm, reminded the uh, the IP or the rights holders of the fact that they basically lampooned that sort of uh, business dynamic in uh, the first Muppet movie and <laughs> didn't really want to kind of like flip it over on themselves afterwards. You know, for speculation. You know, for kids. As a goof, <laughs> right. So what else are you watching, Bob? All right, something that you just started watching, The Witcher on Netflix. And yep. I'm not going to spoil anything, because I, I know you only got like a couple episodes in. But Henry Cavill is a much better actor than I originally gave him credit for. Well, oh, okay, he's... so you, you need to watch The Man from Uncle. Yes, um, because, for starters. Uh, one, it's on our voodoo, so watch it. It's magnificent. All right. Uh, and he's incredible. And actually, the whole cast is incredible in that movie. He's ridiculously charming. And I'm having a hard disconnect between his character in the show and the character in the game who I can't stand. You see, I never played the game. I know nothing about the game, the lore, the story, anything. So I just turned on The Witcher. I was like, all right, what's this all about? You know what? It's not that bad. Yeah, I... I I've enjoyed the two episodes I've watched. It's just we, we we watched two episodes and then it was let's watch something funny and then we found what I'm gonna talk about, so ah. Um see, that's uh that's one of the things that I was I was uh, thinking about you not uh gelling with when you started playing the games because the guy that they picked to do the voice for him, he mm. leaves he leaves a bit of like a slimy introduction, which sucked because even bit, when I Yeah. Yeah, because he does yeah. that. He does that voice and it is in so many goddamn games but um later on later on when like see the thing is that like when yeah i know it's terrible but later on when they start letting like the humorous quests and other parts of his personality come through a lot of his delivery begins to defy that sort of like uh a tip or not typical but prototypical like white boy grit and trust me, as soon as I started the game up, I was like, God, this better be a fucking, like, cracking good game because I'm not going to be listen, able to listen to this <laughs> asshole for, like, more than 30 minutes at a time. And as it turned out, the game was really good. Um, and his performance after, I want to say throughout most of White Orchard, there's, yeah, there's not a whole lot of dialogue going on, which is fine. But after you kill the White Orchard uh, segment of the game, and a lot of other like varied things begin happening, things for him to react to, it becomes a lot funnier. Because he's still like, 
you know, I don't have time for this. I gotta go. And, uh, <laughs> sometimes it's like, really? You just let this ghoul into your house? I can't even anymore. <laughs> so there's a lot of things that begin to invert the trope, and he becomes much more tolerable. But yeah, from go, ugh. Yeah, I, I've got... We have moderately difference of, difference of opinions on the game. Um, That's true. My bias is very strong because I'm addicted as shit to that right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I I, would like to be at that point because mm-hmm. it, I, it feels like it's something I want to get invested in, uh, but I can't be asked up to play it. Mm-hmm. Like, like I've, I've been like, oh, I'm going to sit down and play uh, fucking MLB The Show 19. I don't want to play The Witcher. I'm going to play baseball. <laughs> yeah. Or I'm going to play... I, I would much rather play Jedi Fallen Order because it's, yes! a, signif- it's a significantly mm-hmm. better game. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I can't, I want to get into it. And I thought I was almost there. Like, I was like, oh, I'm actually getting into this. And then I didn't play for a couple of days. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go back and play it. Oh, don't do anything if it feels like a chore. Yeah, it, that, I, I don't know. That's just the worst thing. It's just not, it's it's not, it's not a game that's made for me. And that's fine. Yeah. Um, there's plenty of those out there. So. Yeah. Uh, but, all right. So, Bob, you've, you watched, you watched The Witcher and you dug it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and you've watched the first episode of Picard. Yes. And we talked about this briefly, but I want you to lay into that a little bit. Let's 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 get a little bit of info on that one. Well, only one episode out so far as the point of our recording here. Uh, I think second episode is tomorrow night, and I am looking forward to watching every single one. I know you are really wanting to watch it, so I'm not going to spoil anything. There's a lot of Easter eggs in this show. The Easter Bunny puked all over the place. there's there's items there's references there's names there's all kinds of stuff if you are an avid uh next generation fan you're gonna hear a name you're like oh yeah i remember that guy who made that one appearance but it was really significant and oh my god yes they're talking about him and what what he did uh they gave like some really good explanation to some things at at the end of what was the movie nemesis the last star trek the next gen uh movie franchise Mm mm-hmm they, they explained some things like, well, we can't do this anymore because of what happened with... Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Without spoiling it. <laughs> and that's why you don't see this guy anymore. And this okay. is going on. Uh, and I'm probably going to stop right there before I, I let something slip. But if you're an avid Star Trek fan, watch it. I gave it a 6 out of 10, uh, which doesn't sound that great. It's actually, in my if 5 is like neutral, then 6 is like right above it. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of minor issues with it that we can talk about like next week or so. Sure. Like there was there was a storyline thing. And I'm like, oh fucking a! Why did you do that? <laughs> but, uh, there's oh, been a sh- lot of bad Star Trek, and you know I'll take any Star Trek over no Star Trek. That's for damn sure. 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 Yep. I can. But you've been watching Discovery up to that point, right? I binged through <clears> all of <throat> season two at once because I had completely missed out on. I was like, oh yeah, this is still a thing. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. It could be I, better. I re- it's not. I that really, bad. I really like Disco- Discovery. Um, Disco. I think Discovery is a lot of fun. It got better. I'll, it, I will say. Oh, that. it got significantly better. Yeah. Um. So I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to Picard. Uh, I will probably watch that this weekend. Like you I said, will so. love it. Yes. Okay. See, see, now I want to see uh, Star Trek Disco, since <laughs> one of us said it, perhaps unintentionally. Well, I want to got- see bell bottoms on all of the uh, Starfleet uniforms. Uh, I think that was episode one. 
of the movie franchise. Oh, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> How could you tell? Uh, Captain that Pike was... was in it. Nah, never mind. <laughs> Star Trek, the motion picture. You should watch it. Look at uh, my legs. Ugh. And my two. I don't think so. I, dude, is have you ever have you ever like tried to convince somebody to get into the Star Trek movie starting with two, and then have sure. them fight you on one? Because they're no. like, well, no, you got to start. Okay, all right. Okay, apparently I've never had to deal with that either. But you could. <laughs> <laughs> this is what okay, you call. Well, I'll I'll bite. Sure. This is what you call seeding a conversation ineptly. Um, it's um, you could you can get a satisfactory Star Trek experience, and this is coming. This is kind of speaking as an outsider or a little bit of an outsider by watching uh, movies two through the rest of them. Shit, you you can you can get rid of a couple of the later numbers if you really you know feel the need. And two through will. four. <laughs> two through four. Yes, I don't know. I liked four. I know it's not a great movie, was but it has four some the great one with the, the whales. The one yeah. with the whales. I yeah. Four. Yeah. So isn't isn't the thing with Star Trek movies? You go with the even numbers. You go two, four, six, mm-hmm. and you're fine. That's one, general- three, one, three, five are terrible. That's conventional wisdom. But the thing about the thing about one is that it tried to be two thousand one: A Space Odyssey. Well. Yeah, that's absolutely sure. That, that, that's yeah. absolutely definite. But the thing about one is there had been no Star Trek for years and years, just the reruns. And like, hey, we're going to make a Star Trek movie. And the Star Trek fans are like, fuck yeah, give me that. Give me uh-huh. all that. I yeah. mean, and they're doing stuff that you could, you're watching and you're like, oh, this is clearly for the fans. Like they do three laps around the Enterprise before they finally dock. It's like, what are we looking at? Come on, just get in the fucking ship already. It's a great <laughs> shot. It's beautiful. Yeah, look, there's the Enterprise. It's been refurbished. It looks great. Can we move on with the story now? <laughs> just get in there. <laughs> well, what they're not telling you is that the name of the shuttlecraft that they were using was actually the USS Virgin Sex. That's why I didn't want to go in. <clears throat> that's why they that's why they call them the roundabouts because they go the long way around. You know, it takes forever and to get there. It did back in. In and around the place. Oh, wait, they call them dun, runabouts, dun, dun, don't they? Dun. Never mind. Um, <laughs> two was uh, two was a hell of a movie by itself, though. Like you can put two in the middle of a film fest of disparate other movies. Fuck, if you made it like movies that were just like submarine dramas, two would fit in there like seamlessly. Yep. Um, three, five, and there was no seven, so it was just three and five. No, three, three was, was pretty good. That was Return was, of Spock. Yeah, I remember three was three was pretty good. Um, five. Was the one where they met God, right? Why does God need a starship? I'm sorry, I like that movie. It's, it's <laughs> like it's balls bad. It's terrible, <laughs> but it's my kind of terrible. Especially, it's entertaining as, bad. I mean, can you you take a line like that and then have it delivered by somebody who was born to deliver lines that awful? <laughs> oh my god put that shit in a syringe and jam it into my tear ducts for fuck's sake um four was good because it had good li- dialogue it was still written by nicholas meyer so that much was a- no wait 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 wait. nicholas meyer wrote six yes yes oh man i just crashed this uh conversation right into a brick wall um but I don't know. I, I still like four. Uh, I thought there was a lot of personal moments about it, or personable moments about it. And you know, if, if, I'm, if the dialogue's good and the rest of the movie is ass, hello computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why do I keep doing visual jokes on a non-live? <laughs> because we're here. Visual we're the audience. Joke. That's true. Yeah, that's we're true. You only... guys are the audience. I don't yeah, give a damn about anyone else. Matters. Exactly. You know what? Anyone who heard that reference immediately picked up their own mouse and did it. 
except you goobs. I love you goobs. <laughs> you long school, long foreskin <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Ooh. That line pops into my head all the time. In the, in the most inopportune moments, it'll uh-huh. just be that in my head. And I'll be like, God damn it, goobs. Like, <laughs> <laughs> That's a normal feeling. Yeah. And and that's there's a whole podcast to that, just so you know. Um, Two shit. of them. So like, oh yeah, that's right because of the wrestling thing that they do. So like, you'll be in the middle of a meeting, and then all of a sudden you'll hear, "Ooh, yep, <laughs> I sure will." <laughs> just in the back of my head, and they'll be like, "Oh god, all right, here we go." Okay, <laughs> you, you know, you know what line from that? We're just gonna keep patting ourselves on the back about this about this Christmas <laughs> thing because it was so it was so fucking choice the whole affair. The one that keeps popping into my head is my ninja. Who the fuck drinks port? Who the fuck drinks port? (laughs) That should be a shirt, by the way, Bob. Oh. That should absolutely be a shirt. Oh, you're not wrong. A super trashy looking ghost of Christmas past is just like (laughs) splayed out on like a Rococo leather chair. Not a bottle of port in sight. Uh, My ninja was great, too. My ninja was... (laughs) My ninja. Oh, shit. (laughs) If words were bullets. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, sorry. Uh, so, yeah, you guys were talking about um, Star Trek Picard and and Q. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, my stuff I've been watching. Uh, I did watch the first two episodes of The Witcher. Really enjoyed them. Mm-hmm. Um, I binged through pretty much the entirety of Star Wars Rebels, uh, which I, I had seen a few episodes <laughs> here and there. Uh, that show does not pull punches. Um, Isn't it awesome? It's it's fantastic, uh, and it's it's something that I did not expect because the first couple episodes I watched uh, right after it debuted, I didn't really care for because um, I was like, oh, this is very much a Disney show. This is mm. very much a Disney kids show. And uh, yeah, no, I should have realized that this is the same team that made Clone Wars, which did the same thing. Like the first few episodes, like this is a kids show. This is going to be stupid. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the first season, I'm sobbing because they killed a clone. You know, like. <laughs> uh, there, there are there are episodes of, of Rebels that I was not prepared for, like not even kinda, uh, because I didn't realize it was only four seasons. So I'm in the fourth season and stuff is happening, and there's a particular moment uh, when uh, they're at the the uh, the fuel refinery. Yeah, where I'm just like, oh, okay, this is cool. This is hey, wait, what? Hold on, no. <laughs> like, I had to, I had to like pause the show and take and, and take a walk. I was like, nope. I got I got to get up. I can't watch this right now. This is too much. This is too heavy. Uh-huh. Um like they they're fooling me. Something there's a trick. There's something's yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, all right, no, it'll be fine. Everything will be okay in the next episode. And like there's you're 8 seconds into the next episode. Oh shit. Okay, well no. That's very much happened. All right. There's no coming back from that. Yep. <laughs> there's no plot twist to be trusted. The plot no. twist is gone. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but my my main thing I have been watching, and I've been trying to get these two knuckleheads to watch it too, and all of our Canadian friends uh, agree, is Letterkenny, <laughs> uh, which is on Hulu and is goddamn brilliant. I am not afraid to say it is the funniest show I have watched in probably about 10 years. Nice. Um, it's absolutely hilarious. And it's so quick to watch because there's only six or seven episodes a season. Uh, oh, I love that BBC style. So you just yep. rifle through it. Like we watched eight seasons in like four days. It was great. Oh wow! 
Wow, there's that many seasons of it? Yeah, there's How long has it been on? Uh, like three years. No shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so Letterkenny, if you don't know, and since we're big in Canada, everyone who's listening does know. I don't know why we're big yeah. in Canada, but okay. I've actually had a couple of Canadian, some of our Canadian friends, like, you should watch Letterkenny. It's like, uh, well, I don't know what that is, but okay. <laughs> so Letterkenny is about a town in uh, southwest Ontario. It has about 5,000 people in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's about the the eternal conflict between the Hicks, the hockey players, the Skids, and the Christians in town. Um, it's phenomenal, and it's there's it's so good. Like seriously, I cannot suggest enough for you guys to watch it. Did you say Skids or Skins? Skids. Skids. All right. What are the difference between Skids and Hicks? All right. So the Hicks are the guys that work the farms. They're okay. Hicks. All right. Uh, <laughs> skids. Skids are the meth heads that dance in front of the Dollar General. Oh, okay. So are uh, the northern counterparts to basically most of Central Florida's populace? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's easy to understand. Yeah, uh, and it's great. It's absolutely wonderful. And by the way, how great is it that one of the best countries on the planet is like uh, the majority of our listenership? It, oh, it makes me so happy. Yeah, nothing like- against Australia. <laughs> Y'all have a bit of a censorship problem to deal with over there. Canada is just awesome, mm-hmm. all the way around. <laughs> like I, I. I tweeted you guys a video mm-hmm. earlier this week uh, that was a, a a series of clips from Letter Kenny featuring a character named Shorzy, yeah. who's, one of, who's one of the hockey players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and uh, no lie, the the in the 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 phrase "give your balls a tug, tit fucker" is one of the best things <laughs> I've ever fucking heard. Uh, but it's even better. Because the guy who delivers it is the guy who plays Wayne in the show, who's the the creator of the series, uh-huh. and he delivers the line in a falsetto. So it's "Give your balls a tug, tit fucker." Like <laughs> everything is, everything Shorzy does is amazing. It's it, the show is great. It's okay. just, you watch it. Okay, let me ask because it's sounding a whole lot like a Trailer Park Boys, and I'm pretty sure that's not by not the same feel. Not the same feel. Nope. All right. I can't I can't get into Trailer Park Boys. I've tried. All right. uh, well, I this... like the hell I like the hell out of TPB, but I eventually ran out. So if anything, yeah. Now there's a bunch of people from Trailer Park Boys on the show. Well, okay. okay, not a bunch of people. There's uh what's his name? J Rock. Do they share some writers or producers? No. Okay. They just oh, they, they share Canada. Yeah, yes, <laughs> very much so. But by, by extension of that, they share Canadian sensibilities and yeah. their trademark clean but filthy sense of humor. Yeah, it's 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 legitimately one of the best shows I've ever watched. Like it's it's a show that just makes me fucking happy. Mm-hmm. Like and and it's so rare to find something like that that just is like yeah no this succeeds in just making me happy. That works. Good. So what have you been playing, Corey? Uh, you, you said you've been playing Witcher three. Much yeah. I mean, uh, there was a couple of other uh, distance thoughts uh, about it, or not distant, but like relevant thoughts about it that I uh, wanted to put in there. And I don't want to be the guy that was like, maybe you're not enjoying it because you're not playing in the mode that I'm playing it in. But the mode that I'm playing it in is actually difficult and painfully difficult at the beginning. So um, I'm going to leave that at the roadside. Um, let me see. We went over the lore. Um, what we didn't go over is how... Uh, the reason I decided to play it on the hardest hard mode thing is apparently uh, uh, a couple of articles that I had read that were reviewing it talked about that as being like the um, intentional Witcher experience or something like that. Because at its core, the, the character that you're playing is a monster hunter. 
but a lot of the quests and stuff that he uh, that he embarks upon are very much like detective work, mm-hmm. like wholesale. You're asking people questions. They give you some relevant data. You go over wow. to an area, start looking around, and it has a detective vision thing. But the conceit with the detective vision is that it only allows you to focus on what you're trying to find, which is cool because that way you don't have it like triggered down <laughs> the whole game like in Batman Arkham, right? Guilty. Yeah, exactly. So what happens is that you can see the things that you're looking for, but the camera will fisheye and you can't see everything that's in the periphery or around you. And it doesn't cheap you out either. Like, I know that a lot of uh, Arkham's detective sequences will like try to hold your hand and be like, all right, you found that thing you're supposed to find. Every once in a while, you'll come on a case and see like, all right, you followed the trail up to here, but the trail breaks. There's a river. Well, footprints aren't going to keep in w- underwater. What happens now? Well, I know what quest you're talking about too. The, yeah. the one where the uh, the guy burns down the fucking yes, the one yeah. where the, the guy burns burns down the forge. That poor dwarf. And what happens to him afterwards is even worse. It sucked. <laughs> that was that was the other thing that I really like about this game is that there is no good or bad ending for any of the quests. The ones that I try to do, um, the the uh, the conclusions that I try to reach are the ones that might possibly open another quest up rather than shut it down, because it's an old habit from uh, New Vegas. But other than that, if uh, uh, like we'll say we'll use this quest as an example that we were just talking about, um, at the end, um, you find the guy, you can whoop his ass, or you can let him off scot free, or pending that you take one of those two options, you can either a let him be punished, or b no, I think he gets punished regardless of what happens by that point. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty awful what happens by that point. So. When you reach that point, you're like, oh, God, that's pretty disproportionate, uh, you know, uh, compared to what he did. Although what he did do was pretty fucking awful. At that point, you're like, well, was that the right option to take? Well, the only other option to take was to let him off from a uh, rather egregious case of uh, uh, bigotry fuel violence. So nobody really wins, but... It opens up at least one more quest. <laughs> so all of them are like that. Um, and there's not a whole lot of like randomized treasure hunting and stuff. Usually if you do happen upon a quest that will lead you to some treasure, like, oh, here's a bunch of crowns and a sword you're not going to use because you've already got like an unbalanced one that for some reason only requires a level one uh, character to use. One complaint about the game. <laughs> Equipment balances are not great. Um, it will be like, all right, that's it. That's a treasure hunt. You feel free to go on any other quest that you're on right now. Whatever contract you might have, whatever side quest you're on, those do not detract from you at all. So there's not a whole lot of wandering or risk of being too distracted from what you want to do. That's something, uh, that's one of the things I was able to get into it, like, uh, uh, as far as, like, um, the investigative side or the slower side of the game goes. Combat, though? Oh, my God. I cannot stop fucking thinking about it. Um, because uh, before you get into any of those jobs where you're like, all right, I'm going to cut up some ghouls right now, if you just charge into a battle like that at least on this mode if you don't prepare the sword if you don't uh suss out what signs you need to use or what uh potions are the best to keep in your pocket during those battles you're going to get waxed like in under five seconds like no joke uh and and this is almost what kept me from playing the game in the first couple of minutes because in that introductory scene um you're talking to your you know uh, uncle witch or whatever the fuck his name is uh, vesemir and a bunch of ghouls will attack you now, when you're playing it on Death March, uh, they'll kick your ass because you're level one and you have a basic sword. Um, what sucks about that is that you're given maybe, 
Uh, you're given like no, uh, you're given like no leeway upon what to do or how to approach combat from from go. And all of a sudden, you're just a wash in you're just a wash in necrophages. It's just you know they want a piece of your dead ass, and you can't do anything about it. What makes that almost intolerable is the fact that there is like an FMV sequence that leads up before it and doesn't give you a spot to save. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> so my first three hours in that game. We're trying to best a pack of like six fucking ghouls, and these were like the basest of the basic enemies in the game. And by the time I got to finishing those guys off, I was like, ah, uh, I'm gonna stop and see if I can pick this up tomorrow <laughs> because it was awful. But then you start finding oils, you start finding like uh, uh, preparation agents for your equipment and stuff, and then you start learning about like how to prime different sets of equipment for different types of enemies or different monsters that you're hunting down. Um, and it does not give you a quarter for constantly uh, rolling out of the way, which is another thing that, uh, which is another thing that a lot of like Prince of Pur- excuse me Prince of Persia like games did that um, would not would kind of take away from the experience in a game like this. And this, you're supposed to feel like somebody who knows what they're doing, but you're still fighting a griffin. There's a particular advantage that a monster is going to have over a human being. So from uh, so how it approaches combat like that, I think was it didn't it didn't give you so many uh, it didn't give you so many do overs throughout the course of any one battle, which I really appreciated too. Like I said, I'll talk about this fucking thing until the sun comes up. So <laughs> I would rather not. So cut his mic. Yes. Well, you're the audio guy. You should. <laughs> yeah, and the sooner I wrap up talking about this, the sooner we can get on to everything else, and the sooner we can end the, co- uh, the podcast so I can start playing again. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's Just a mark say, of a good game when you want to stop what you're doing as a hobby and go back to playing a game. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I, I was an asshole about this for like a couple of days. I couldn't stop uh, thinking about it. So Bob and I are both playing uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Or are you still playing it? I am. I am. Yeah. I, I, I just got to Kashyyyk. That game is fantastic. It, it's uncharted in space. It's re, it's a really fun game. <laughs> hmm. But with a hundred percent less Sully, it should be noted. <laughs> well, you don't get any Sully, but you sure do get a, uh, a grouchy space pirate. That's your uh, captain. Oh so, my God. I love that character. I can't remember so his good. name, but yeah. That has so much potential. I, w- whenever you disembark <laughs> off the ship, when you land on a new planet, you have the option of talking to the the other members of the crew. I'd go straight for the captain. I I talk to him to the point where he's like, "All right, kid, leave me alone. I need to." <laughs> yeah, go away. Literally, <laughs> don't you have Jedi stuff to do? <laughs> so that ga- that game's great. Um, there there's a, a good difficulty ramp up to it. Like there's there's some legitimately hard enemies in the game. Mm-hmm. Um. And there's a lot of backtracking to previous planets you've been to once you get different force powers and stuff like that. It's really cool. Yeah. Um, I, I'm having a ton of fun with it. Uh, yeah, I, I think I ended up going back to Bogano like seven times, eight times. Yeah. So in terms of progressive structure uh, and you comparing it to Uncharted, is it is it like uh, thoroughly linear like the first Uncharted or is it like kind of, kind of linear like the last one? Uh, it's kind of linear. It's kind of linear. Um, okay. Like there's there's four planets you can choose from, as far as I know, because I'm I'm not all the way through yet. Okay. Um, okay. But there's there's four planets that you're able to say, all right, we're gonna go to uh, Bagano or uh, the other one or Kashyyyk <laughs> or <laughs> the Dathomir. other one. 
more planets do open up for you. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, but you, you're able to be like, all right, well, I'm going to go to these planets. And like when you go to this one, you earn a particular force power. And it's like, oh, well, I can use that to go open up other stuff back in Pagano. I need to go back to Pagano and do that and oh, go there. Oh, yes. Um, okay. And there's some really, really clever puzzles uh, that require the use of your different force powers as you're playing. Um, like there's there's one on Pagano in particular where you have to use uh, force push and slow down on a particular like a ball that you need to push onto a ramp that goes around a corner and lands into a particular socket that opens up a door that you can go through and get a, an unlockable, which is pretty cool. Some um, of the puzzles are nuts. It's it's really fun though. It's it's a really well done game, but it it, it feels like an uncharted game. It's really neat. Yeah. It's got, it sounds like it's got a little bit of Breath of the Wild to uh, Tunis, though, especially with the puzzles you're describing. Yeah, a little bit. A yeah. little bit. I would say Breath of the Wild is a little more open. Well, but... yeah, yeah. Progressively speaking, it's uh, uh, it's very much open world, sort of a, sort of a game. But uh, a lot of the physics-based puzzles, when you were describing your force powers, I was like, that sounds like those uh, signs and shit that you get in... I don't know, they're not spells, but the abilities that you have in Breath of the Wild. A bit, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I, can, yeah. I can see why you're saying that, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I really the, hope there's DLC eventually. I do, too. I mm-hmm. do, too. Uh, the other thing I've been playing is, primarily is uh, Dragon Quest XI-S. Yeah. Uh, which, oh, my God, that's so good. <laughs> um, I just reached I, the end of the demo today, and I'm like, no! <laughs> well, you're going to have to just buy the full game now. Like, I know. That simple. Yeah, that was going to um, happen anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm at... Playtime wise, I'm at I think counting my ten hours on the demo. I think I'm at seventy hours. Oh wow! So, yeah, it's it's so good. And it's it, a big and <laughs> that time just breezes by. Like it's I'm halfway through the game right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's <laughs> it's so great when, when you when you when you know you're playing a game that is a serious investment of time and it does not fucking feel like it. Yeah. 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 On the other side of that coin, by the time you're done with that day's uh, ritual, you're sweaty. And you just uh, want to sleep. Yep. <laughs> you're sweaty. You forgot to do the dishes, change your underwear, feed the children, uh, go to work. Um, ah, they can fend for themselves at this point. Your nightly prayer was neglected. Uh, now you're debating whether or not to, uh, uh, whether or not you really need a shower before going to bed. You fucking do. Inevitably. <laughs> Especially if you've been having coffee. That's like my ritual. If I'm playing a game in the morning, coffee go- automatically goes along with it. If it's that game, or Witcher 3, or Dying Light, or some shit, and I'm having like a, cu- a Cuba Cabano, or a Cafe Cabano, it's not a pleasant olfactory experience for anybody that's standing near me. <laughs> Honestly, it's not, an olfact- it's not a pleasant experience for me, uh, to be honest with you. One of the benefits of living alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one of the benefits of living alone, definitely. But that's also an indicator that, like, yeah, you are playing a goddamn good game, and you just uh, spent money in the wisest way you know how. <laughs> is there is there a feeling any better than that than just, like, taking a chance, like, all right, I'll put the money down, I'll buy this game. This game is pretty kick-ass. D- yeah, especially when it surprises the living shit out of you. That was that was this game for me, because, like, I, had, I hadn't really played a Dragon Quest or Dragon Warrior game since mm-hmm. one- yeah, yeah. Like I own eight for the DS, and I it's, uh-huh. I want to enjoy it, but I just can't get into it. So I was like, "All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna buy this game. I'm gonna give it a shot. I hope this works for me." And holy shit, does it! Yeah, like, yeah. It's there's nothing in it that misses. Like the characters are great. The 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 combat is great. 
It's so much fun. It's such a good game. Well, this one they actually, uh, this one actually they brought back to um, uh, the Core Enix team that created the other Dragon Quests. Uh, the reason Eight feels off now, a lot of people are in love with Eight, and you know for good reason. I, I think it's a good game, or at least what I played of it back on the PS2 uh, before I had to sell everything. Um, that was actually made by Level Five, though the uh, oh. Pro- Professor Layton, Yokai Watch, those guys. So whenever people talk about like Dragon Quest, whether or not they uh, fall on the more appreciative side of that game or the more critical side, it's commonly regarded as like the black sheep done well out of the entire series because it wasn't developed by the Core Enix team. Uh, I think Nine was, but Nine was had its own black sheepiness because it was an MMO kind of. Sure. This was like the return to actual like Dragon Quest format, you know, traditional RPG form. This is the first one they've had like that and. Shit, it's actually been since 8, hasn't it? Yeah, I think so. Oh my god, that's a long time. <laughs> because in between all that, you had Dragon Quest Monsters, you had Builders, you had all these other offshoots and spinoffs and yep. Rocket Slimes, which is... Rocket, I was going to say Rocket, rocket yeah, Slime Adventures. Fucking Rocket Slime is what you actually meant to say, because <laughs> fucking Rocket Slime. Uh, <laughs> that game's a guilty pleasure. It is like so one-sided, but man, those tank battles are epic as hell. Well, I can tell you this. Mm-hmm. As someone who played a lot of Dragon Quest One as a kid, because I loved yep. that game, yep, yep, uh, and hadn't played it again until very recently, within the last six months. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, did that game not age well! Yeah, it's, right. <laughs> you well, because- you will play you will play it, and you will remember all the things that you played in that game. And you, when uh-huh. as a kid, you were like, "This is what games are supposed to be." And as an adult, <laughs> you're like, "I don't have time for this shit." <laughs> That mercifully, those games are also a lot shorter. There, I, th- I remember reading that Dragon Quest itself is like an eight to ten hour run. Yeah, but yeah, I have to walk all the way back to the castle to fucking save my game. Mm, save states would have been would have been really nice. Yeah, nice for yeah. That. Okay. It, it, it's 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 just there's like quality of life shit in there where I'm like that. No, don't. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> Video games got better. <laughs> they did. They did. Yeah. Uh, now, Bob, you've been. Um, because I've been I've been in loving the the videos and living vicariously through them. Uh, you have yeah. been uh, obviously spending every waking hour of your existence at Epcot lately. <laughs> Feels like it. It, it's, it. it does. It does. Not that I'm not enjoying those videos. Those are a lot of fun. I, I, I especially like the 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 food the food choices in your videos because I'm like, oh, I've had that. That's good. But uh, I I particularly want to talk about your time at Galaxy's Edge. Yes, let's. Uh, because that looked incredible. That was probably one of the most immersive moments in theme park history, with maybe uh, coming in a very, very close second to Harry Potter at, um, ooh, I would say Islands. Okay. Um, because there's one at Universal and one at Islands. And I think the one at Islands is more immersive. You walk in, it's like, okay. This is Hogsmeade. This looks familiar. This is right out of the book slash movie. Where the name of the area at uh, Hollywood Studios is called Batu, mm-hmm. and Two. you're walking around. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. And you're walking around, and it's like not as familiar, but it's it definitely has that vibe that wow, they this feels like it could be in the Jedi universe, but I'm just I'm I'm not really familiar with it, and uh, there's. A lot of they put a lot of money into this bitch. Holy God, like a billion, a billion dollars. This wow to build this area, I think is what the price I heard. Uh, and one day, Alicia says, "You know what? Uh, why don't you just go? Because I'm not getting up that early." 
and you got to get up early <laughs> to get to this thing because <laughs> Rise of the Resistance has its the e ticket attraction there, and you've got to be inside the park before seven a.m. If you want a position to get on the ride. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So the way they do it, it's kind of genius, kind of a pain in the ass, like a little of both. You got to be there at gates open and they open that particular day at 630. You get in and then you can get your position in line on the cell phone or on the the app they have there. And you can only uh, qualify for this once you're inside the park. You can't do this from like your hotel or someplace. God so I, damn. Yeah. Well, they they try because it's a it's a heavily uh, attended event, so they want to make sure everyone who's actually there is getting on the ride and not like blocking people. It, it it's a whole thing that if you think about it, it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a hassle, but I got in seven o'clock. Got my position in uh, boarding party number 39. I think they allowed like 200 people per per boarding party. So then it was just the waiting game at that point. Um, I walked around the rest of Batu. This area, wow. I had no idea what was going on, and it seemed so familiar at the same time. <laughs> well, you're in the middle of a political uprising. I'd assume that <laughs> things are going to seem unstable. Yeah, you could say that, yeah. Right. Um, I don't know why I just went Canadian there. <laughs> we're just we're just making our listeners feel at home it's all right yeah <laughs> yeah but they're going like i think you mean minnesota there buddy yeah minnesota yeah over in rochester which i just kind of stepped on my own accent with that shit so <laughs> representing our 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 show well both of us that's all right <laughs> so yeah i'm walking around I couldn't get into the cantina because you needed a reservation to get into that and bare Apparently, it's just like bar food and drinks, which I want to do that one day. I don't know when, but I'm going to want to do that one day. Uh, pardon I us, did- sir, but do you have a reservation for this uh, for this resistance establishment? <laughs> See, when I try to do Watto, I do like the worst Triple H accent. Or the worst tri- <laughs> <laughs> Nubians. Uh. Uh. <laughs> So I'm walking around, and they have, like, the the two main attractions are the Millennium Falcon ride and the Rise of the Resistance ride. Millennium Falcon ride is basically you're playing a video game with with five other people. No, no, no. The Millennium Falcon ride is Space Team, and I want in on that. Yeah. I want in on that shit today. Yeah, when when I watched your video, that's the first thing I thought of. I was like, oh, my God, they weaponized Space Team. Yeah. That's amazing. I have yeah. to be. I have to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's exa- If you don't know what Space Team is, it's an app. I don't know if it's still around. It is. It is. It is. I, I had it on my tablet. Uh, unfortunately, okay. it's really slow now because that tablet is old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's a game where you got to shout out commands and everyone's got to do something. But basically, in uh, the Millennium Falcon, there are two pilots: one that goes <laughs> vertical and and lower, or one that goes vertical, another one that goes horizontal. And then there's two gunners, and then there's two engineers. Uh, I got an engineer position, and you're basically just hitting buttons that flash. That's basically it. It's like a game of operation. No, uh, okay, just hit hit shit. Oh, it's straight up like Simon. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah. Not, uh, well you just hit whatever's flashing. Well, without the musical recall, but basically, yeah, you're just like, <laughs> boop, all right. right. Boop, boop, boop. And I was thinking to myself, you know what? If my pilots are actually trying and doing good, then mm-hmm. I'm going to try and do good to make the whole, the whole experience good. And I got a little worried because when we got on the ride, the two pilots looked like they didn't speak English. I wasn't 100% sure. Oh Fortunately, they tried their best and they did pretty good. So it's like, all right, we're 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 doing this shit. 
gosh. And you have to, uh, the object of the game is to try and capture like three canisters of coaxium for the resistance. And we got two of them. So we did pretty good. Hmm, nice. I haven't heard if anyone could fail it though. I might want to try that one time. It's like, uh, uh, who wants to fail this bitch? <laughs> according uh, according to my coworker, who said that her group did lousy, and uh, she's pretty sure it was partially her fault. Apparently, you can't fuck it up. So, okay. I was wondering about that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, if none of the gunners fired a single shot, none of the engineers fired a harpoon, and we just constantly careened into the buildings. Like, let's see if we can crash the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I'm game for that when we visit. By the way, I'm totally fine with trying that out. All what's, right. Um, what's the uh, what is the big building from the prequels where all the uh, Jedi kids, the younglings, are uh, are are taught their school? Basically, that's the, the temple. Jedi Temple in Coruscant. It's the Jedi Temple. All yeah. right, I would just try to like try uh, locate that building and then uh, <laughs> uh, fucking 9/11 that shit like right away. Oh, God. God. <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll wow. take care of your midi, that'll take care of your midi chlorian problem there lucas you're welcome <laughs> so so rise rise of the resistance is is it a good ride though is it fun the rise of the resistance has so many freaking moving parts in this i am surprised there is a single day where there's not a problem between some of the special effects and the uh the realistic animatronics and they have some B-mode uh, situations built in just in case something goes down. Oh, uh, heard I about this. Yeah, I, haven't exper- I didn't experience it the one time I did go on. I got the full experience, thank God, because I couldn't imagine waiting around all day. And it's like, well, we can't do the shuttle portion because that's not working. Or the Kylo Ren portion finale isn't working, so here's the B-mode. Mm-hmm. I think that would probably piss me off. If it's like, I've been here since freaking 7 a.m. It's 2 p.m. I can only eat so many Ronto wraps. Come on. Challenge accepted. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, oh God, it was worth it. It was so, so good. You didn't make it to Oga's, yes? I did not make it to Oga's. That's the canteen where you need the reservation. Uh, okay. That is something that's on the list for me to do next time. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, I, uh, that, that is that is probably my number one thing I need to do is go to Oga's. My whole life since I saw Star Wars is like, I want to go to the cantina sometime. So, yeah, that's that's on the list. Oh, so it's, the, it's not the cantina. It's no. just... It's no, a cantina. Like the one tantine, uh, Tatooine. Oh, I didn't know he was a franchisee. Well, I don't think <laughs> I don't think Warrior himself is, but it's... Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> unlike droids, they don't serve <laughs> their kind here. What? <laughs> Why are you bigoted against artificial intelligence? I mean, you know, in in Tales from the Most Sizely Cantina, he actually he his heart grows three sizes, and uh, (laughs) he he ends up he ends up appreciating droids. Well, it has to because Tatooine uh, Canteen Central's like, look, here's your point of sale. You got to live with it now, okay? Yeah. I always thought it was kind of like the most Sizzlack experience, where you know these these droids are not going to drink, so why are you even in here taking up space? Get out. (laughs) That could make sense. Huh, yeah, that's true, because that's taken the overhead into account. Huh, never really thought about it that way. Oh, there is a uh, a lightsaber building experience. It's like $200, but you get to take your lightsaber home. And it's pretty much on par with the magic wand experience that they have at Harry Potter Land. I was, was going to say, that sounds like that kind of an upscale tourist premium kind of attraction. So what you're saying is I need to bring $200 to build myself a lightsaber. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because yeah, yeah. They, it's a whole experience where you literally build your lightsaber, you pick your crystal, you... Fuck you, uh, don't it, tell me this. 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't shit. I, you, you need to tell me. No, it's like the build a droid thing over and uh, over next to the fucking uh, Star Tours. It's terrible. Don't wa- don't worry about it. No, I think if there's anything that's worth two hundred dollars, this experience is probably worth it. Shit. That's the great thing about this entire area. Every cast member has like a backstory and uh, like there's a whole language, like a whole way of greeting people. And I had misinterpreted. I thought the when you walk up to somebody, you're supposed to say like seven sons, like maybe this planet has seven sons. I don't know. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Why can't I just say hello? <laughs> I walk up to some guy and I go, hey, seven sons. And he goes, yeah, um, bright sons. <laughs> oh, bright sons. That's it. Yeah, bright sons. <laughs> Sup, bra? Uh, you got the greeting wrong. <laughs> yeah, I understand that you're off-world, and the culture shocks might be a little bit steep for you. <laughs> He's like, like Batu fucking tourists. <laughs> we're we're gonna try not to be offended on this fictional planet of ours. <laughs> so we got into character as somebody who's like, oh god, what a fucking townie. <laughs> oh, there's all kinds of characters. Like I, I went to buy like a, a snack or something. In most parts of Disney, if you flash your uh, annual pass holder card, mm-hmm. they give you a discount. Apparently, not at this particular place I was at. So I flashed my card, and they said, uh, "We're not aware of that that particular form of merchandise on this planet." Like, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, Back in the pocket, you go. <laughs> okay. Then where is the credit exchange office? <laughs> and they do have blue milk, which is god-awful from what I've been told. Oh, see, I've been told the exact opposite, actually. I guess it's like individual preference, but yeah. I, I had the green milk with tequila in it, and it was all right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't drink it again. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. You're telling me that like that space giraffe cow's titty shoot alcohol? Yeah. Why is sure. that not a cottage industry here? Why are we not why are we not splicing those genes to our perverted and unnatural ends? Because it says it at the start of every Star Wars movie a long time ago. Yeah. Far, I mean, far away. We still have fucking wheels. I mean, that was a Are you while gonna drive back. to another galaxy, Corey? Are you going to drive to another no, galaxy? We still have wheels, man! Fertile Crescent era technology. It exists. I want I want my whiskey titty shooting cows. <laughs> and there's want- our cold clothes. That's, that's, that's our post credit scene right there. Or or a new email notification for all of us. That so that was episode 72 of the Nerd or Not podcast, or the Cretans Guild podcast, whatever you want to call us. We do have a Patreon page, so uh, hop on over there and uh, feel free to give us your money. We need to fund that alcoholic cow research. <laughs> there is there is a note here, Bob, that says pimp the porn hub. What? Who put that there? Uh, I don't know. Um. So that would be Corey. Um, okay. So so go go to Pornhub and and search uh, Corey's alcoholic milk titties um, and, and enjoy whatever you find. Uh, go to uh, tpublic.com, search Cretans Gill. It's all one word. You can of course follow us on Twitter, YouTube. Listen, or get, you'll come see my channel on on YouTube. It's called Square Pegs. Uh, we are the ones with the S and the P in our logo. We're not the Canadian television st- show of the same name. But oh. hey, if you enjoy it, watch that too, I guess. Uh, and and as always, you can uh, enjoy everything we do on uh, on Tout. <laughs> uh, so to all of our followers, new and old, we say welcome to the Guild. I want. 
I want my whiskey titty shooting cat. 